0: On local now, channel five (laughs) twenty five.
1: it's friday that's a good day it's gonna be a fantastic start to the weekend the weather is looking really good i mean we're looking at sunshine a high around 90 degrees it's a good day in in august we're eight days away from kickoff of the first uh, razorback game cincinnati will be in town a week from tomorrow to take on our hogs and uh, we can uh, hopefully put a mark in the win column. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, there'll be a tough team this year, although you know they lost their starting quarterback, and he was the one who pulled them out of the fire several times. So, without him, perhaps, and uh, with our defense that we've got and the offense we have, we can uh, perhaps uh, down them at home, and we should have. We should have a full stadium, I hope. I sure hope that there's no tickets left to be bought for that first game. I haven't uh, looked at that, but I don't know what the ticket sales are looking like at, at this time. But bottom line, starting of the Razorback season a week from tomorrow. And you got to be feeling pretty good about that. I know I am. I'm looking forward to it. i uh, let you know we'll have the uh, – Car and truck doctors tomorrow, but they'll take a week off the following Saturday, as that's Labor Day weekend, so a uh, three-day weekend looking at us for next weekend. So that's a good thing as well. we got a lot of things to look forward to now. We really do. All right, so what's going on with uh, all, the, all the, the affidavits and everything else and the warrants and whatnot about uh, pr- former President Trump? And let me bring you up on that. Reuters reporting, a federal judge in Florida uh, has ordered the U.S. Justice Department to publicly release a redacted version of its affidavit that underpinned the FBI's August 8th search of former President Donald Trump's home. U.S. Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhart ordered the redacted documents released by noon today. Uh, His order came just hours after a Justice Department spokesman confirmed that the prosecutors had submitted a sealed copy of its affidavit with proposed redactions to the judge. Uh, Reuters went on and CNN reported that the uh, media outlet said the brief should be made public with any redactions necessary to protect the ongoing investigation. Additionally, the media companies asked for the judge to order that going forward, any documents the Justice Department files under seal in the transparency dispute also be filed publicly with the appropriate redactions. Now, here's what I got to say about this. This is just my thoughts on it. Okay, <coughs> they're going to redact you know names of people and things of that nature and because they don't want to tip their hand about what they're they're really trying to do and they're, they're afraid that, uh, that they don't want the other side to know who it is that's sitting out there on all of this information that was put in the affidavit cuz uh, if you're in that affidavit you were under oath when uh, they got the information from you so they don't want anybody to know that, and any kind of pressure to be put on those people, or to give uh, the defense any kind of idea what it is that the DOJ is going to press towards. But you know, the judge should have had the DOJ in front of him and said, "Look, okay, so you say we got to redact all this stuff because we can't have any information out about what this what this is all about." Well, if that's the case, then stop the leaks. I mean, he should have he should have called Garland in, not let him sit on the phone and talk to him, tell him, fly down here to Florida, appear before me, I want to talk to you about all these leaks. And uh, have a hearing on that and tell them that, that you want it stopped. It's not fair to redact stuff. It's not justice to redact things off of uh, this information and then turn around and start leaking this information to the media. You've heard some of it. Oh, they broke into the president's uh, you know, residence because uh, he has n- the nuclear launch codes uh, on site. Those nuclear launch codes wouldn't be good now. Even if he if he does have them, they change them all the time, and uh, you know, the, and it goes on and on. There's been uh, several other leaks as well, and and the, the media picks it up, and they start you know banging the gong. Oh, listen, what's going on? See what's going on. Bam, 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 bam. Pay attention, and then it goes on like that for about a week, and then it goes quiet. Because they find out there's nothing to it. They run with these leaks. They shouldn't. They're journalists. They should be checking their sources. They should be checking to make sure what they're reporting is true. But they don't. I mean, this is Donald Trump we're talking about here. doesn't matter if we're telling the truth. We can, we can lie all we want to because we've been wanting to get this former president all along, I love, uh, I caught a little bit. I just happened to be flipping through and I uh, was going to TC, uh, TCM and uh, I came across uh, Tucker Carlson's show last night. And he was saying, they've got it on, on Trump now. And he was talking about uh, people who took the shots, uh, older people were showing signs of um, having mental problems and all kinds of ageism problems. And he says, look at this person right here. <laughs> and they put a picture of Biden up and uh, had Biden talking about, yeah, I feel better. Yeah, I, I had a I had a bout with uh, COVID again, but I'm doing my work and blah, blah. And it was a, and then cut back to uh, Tucker Carlson. And he was talking about uh Take a look at that man. He used to be a viable person, making his way through the world, and he can't now. So it was pretty funny. It was nice, nice job of, uh, of doing some uh, satire there. I I enjoyed it. It was uh, it was funny, but anyway, that was on that was on Tucker yesterday. So. You know, you you listen to these stories, and uh, Jonathan Turley has been talking about this too. Now he's a Democrat, okay? He's also uh, a professor at George Washington University, uh, and he teaches uh, the Constitution. And Katie Pavlich was uh, talking about what uh, Turley has been saying, and. He said, uh, She said that, uh, that Jonathan Turley is blasting the Department of Justice for selectively leaking narratives, bolstering portions of the affidavit used to justify the raid on President Trump and uh, on his home. Uh, DOJ is pushing uh, leaks to the media while also claiming the affidavit must be kept secret from the public. That's exactly what I was just talking about. I just uh, pulled up this article. Uh, The New York Post saying the Washington Post and the New York Times have published a series of leaks clearly designed to put Donald Trump and his team on the defense in the media, including claims that he was hiding hiding sensitive nuclear weapons material. And details on how the search was prompted by video surveillance outside the storage room. And then the New York Post went on and said, uh, Jonathan, uh, quoting Turley here, Attorney General Merrick Garland has had at least four opportunities to take modest steps to assure the public on the department's motives and means in this controversy. This is his fifth opportunity, and he should not let it pass. In other words, Turley is saying he's had the opportunity to clear this up. He hasn't yet, and it doesn't look like he's going to do it now. That tells you that, you know, it's a, it's a, a political hack job that's going on right now. And, and, and this stuff is going to come out. It's going to come out. The truth will come out, and the key is to try to get it out before the election. Will that happen? I don't think it will. Just my my feeling about how the Democrats uh, do business. way i way I feel about it. All right, we've got to get a break in. Then we'll come back and do, uh get back into this because there's more to talk about this. I want to talk to our uh, our legal eagles. And they're I guess they're legal eagle beagles is what they are uh they're going to come on and we'll talk about how all this is going on. I just want to know why this federal judge doesn't call out garland and say, "Hey, look, you want to redact all this stuff on uh, the affidavit, but your justice department is leaking stuff like a sieve if it's if none of this information." can't get out because it's going to somehow screw your investigation then why are you doing the leaking we'll talk about that more here on the Dave Ellswick show all right don't forget about my good buddy David Lucas and what his company does everybody is getting into the silver and gold and precious metals market because Most people who are dealing with retirement accounts and, uh, you know, your whole thing of uh, taking care of your nest egg will tell you you need about 15 percent right now in uh, in precious metals to protect against inflation. And uh, no matter what Biden says, inflation is higher than zero percent. I just want you to know that I I try to tell you the truth here. Uh, It may have not been high. In July, but from year to year, prices have gone up on average eight and a half percent, and in other instances, much, much higher. I mean, you take the you look at the, the price of milk; it's up about sixteen percent. Uh, you you're paying your power bill; it's up about sixty percent, and uh, you're getting hit left and right from all different uh, angles. Uh, with inflation well that eats into your savings uh the more inflation goes up the less uh, the less uh, your nest egg is worth keep that in mind so you need to uh you need to be offsetting it with something that is kind of rock science, uh, solid that you can uh, you know put your uh put your uh, weight behind and put your shoulder to the wall and know that you're uh nest egg is going to keep its worth and uh, precious metals is the way to go but you got to know how to go and and uh, and buy it and that's what david lucas financial would will tell you they'll uh, instruct you they'll even uh you know get you involved with a, a, a a wholesaler here in the country that's regulated and licensed so that you get direct prices from a dealer you can trust Just Here's the number to call. Call them. Call David Lucas today, 501-222-3315. 501-222-3315. One more time, 501-222-3315, and they will help you learn more about buying silver and gold. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. Chris Corbett, practicing attorney over in uh, Conway, has joined us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Glad to have Chris with us. He took a a short jaunt over to Florida last week, and I got pictures last night of all these fish that he caught. And you didn't even go out in the boat. You were standing there just on the pier, weren't you?
2: <laughs> no, we went out in the boat. Oh, you nice. did. Okay. Yeah, we had a uh, guided trip. It was fantastic. Thanks for having me on, Dave. Oh, well, yeah, it's a wonderful Friday. Did you eat a lot of fish? We had so we caught a bunch of fish. I don't know the name of, but we were we were looking for. <laughs> Uh, mackerel snapper and amberjack
1: red snapper yeah we didn't red snapper's sna-
2: good yeah it was with the uh i haven't eaten a lot of mackerel the mackerel uh-huh. it's good though is it i've been smoking it i've been salting it brining it pan searing it um and deep frying it
1: okay so the mackerel is it a a mild fish or is it a fish fish
2: you know it's it's um i haven't eaten a lot of mackerel but it's the first i haven't it's, it's either not it's real thin fish Okay. It's real thin. It's not like a thick, like a salmon or a red snapper, but it's a Spanish mackerel. and It's good, and they're fun to catch. Oh, really? We catch them. They fight you. Oh man, we'd catch them for an hour straight, and then they'd just die. It's like he called them bait balls. They would. They, <laughs> I guess they run around in bait ball. He called it a bounce. So it's like, What's a bait ball. Uh, yeah. And they just look schools of them.
1: Oh, okay. We so three, if you find one, you just oh yeah, hit them and Two start and three them fish.
2: Out. Two and three fish on at the
1: same time. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well three different rods. Okay. Well, but I'm just saying these are, when they get hungry, they get, oh, they yeah. get hangry oh, yeah. is They're what they fast. do. They're fast. They're fast.
2: That's cool. cool. He, was, he was trolling for them. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. So you you did mackerel and you said red snapper? How much red we snapper? Not,
2: we did not catch any red snapper. None. We went out wow. with the bait fish. And there was another one. I, can't, I don't even know what it looks like. It's an amberjack. I don't think I've ever eaten an amberjack.
1: What is an amberjack? I do I, I never even heard Big of
2: it. Big old... Big old saltwater fish.
1: The only thing I heard that has amber in it is Donseki Amber. That's the only thing I know it's well, amber. Well, we had a few of those out yeah, there. Too. I bet you did. I bet you did. You know, I'm, personally, I'm a banquet beer.
2: Yeah. I drink two kinds of beer.
1: What do you drink? Your beer and free beer. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Anybody offers me beer. That's no, right. a beer that I drink. Right. All right, so let me ask you about this. Is there anything that this judge is that, that is working on this Trump thing? Man, I, I you know, I was listening to you on the way in. Is there it's, anything it's, he can say to the, the DOJ and say quit Dripping this stuff. Oh yeah, it's terrible.
2: I mean, when you've got an affidavit that's used to to establish probable cause, right? And it's done in secret. That affidavit is done in secret, supposedly, right? Until the warrant's issued. But once you enter the warrant, the warrant is public, right? Mm -hmm. So why are they waiting waiting around on this affidavit?
1: Did you hear about the warrant? The warrant set on sat on uh, 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 the the. A.G.'s desk. Merrick Garland? Yeah, for three uh, weeks. Oh, really? So you tell me that it was all that important. It's so
2: political. Well, and, yeah. And we've got, you know, a former president. They're after him. They're after him on the Russian collusion. They're after him now on, on some top-secret documents. Apparently, some from the stories I've read, is they were negotiating the return of some documents.
1: There's I those mean, leaks again.
2: Yeah. So what, what, are you telling me that... Um, President Trump, on the way out of the White House, he's literally packing boxes? No. He's got a team of folks going through documents. Can we take this? Can we not take that? They're just, trying, they're just out to get him. And then to not release the entire affidavit? They're going to redact it? For what reason? Why? Is yeah. the, I mean, the investigation is over, right?
1: Yeah, that's supposed to, to be, be released, released to today. Oh. How much black do you think could be on those oh. pages?
2: Okay, so there's, there's some, I mean, okay, they're going to protect somebody that ratted President Trump out? Why? They're going
1: to redact a name, maybe? I thought the Constitution said you had a right to face your accuser. That's exactly right. And if they don't unredact
2: this thing, it, it looks bad. Well, it's not, I think it
1: does, except yeah. for the people who want to get Trump. They right. don't care. It's a double standard. Yeah, of course it is. And,
2: and a lot of people. I've had a lot of people call me. They, they, man, if they can do that to the president, what the heck can they do to me?
1: Well, if you get on their bad side,
2: a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a great book uh, called The Conviction Machine. Sidney Powell wrote it. The attorney that was uh, has a couple great books out, and they just well, we probably already violated some um, United States codes right here. I mean, the, could, oh, could they prosecute yeah. us? I mean, they could come get us.
1: Yeah. Well, I've said that there's so many laws that are out there now that everybody's guilty of something. Oh, yeah. And if you're not guilty, they'll make sure that they make you guilty. Oh,
2: yeah. Well, I was, in, I was in, just in court yesterday, and a, uh, a young man was defending himself, didn't have an attorney. Man, I was, I was like, God, I want to help this guy out. Anyways, he would parked his uh, so a commercial trailer in his neighborhood. It was a car hauler. Uh-huh. Somebody dropped a dime on him. Three one one called him. He went down there trying to. Hey, this is how I make a living? This is my house. I can't park my trailer at my house. No, you can't. It was a stat. The way the municipal ordinance was read, you can't by statute,
1: no, yeah. you can't.
2: Yeah. And so I'm watching this young man out hustling, throwing elbows out there, trying to make a living, and he's getting hammered by our court system by by someone dropping a dime on him because his neighbor's mad about a car trailer.
1: Hundred ninety five bucks. Oh, that's what they charge. That's now. where they
2: find him, and he just it's okay.
1: Okay, and if they come back and they find that's it again,
2: a, that's going to be a problem.
1: Then it gets ugly. Yeah, that's
2: going to be a problem. So the, the way these the selective enforcement, the way some of these statutes are written, Dave, it's scary. And then they're using some kind of star
1: chamber to to <laughs> manufacture an affidavit, right? You know, we used to use that term loosely just to to make our points, but anymore. Right. It's a matter of fact about yeah. what happens now when you get called before a judge. All right. We've got to take a break. We've got news coming up. Then we'll come back and talk with Chris. Uh, Robert's going to be calling in here shortly, so stick around for that. All right. Back with you, Dave Ellsworth Show. Chris Corbett in the studio with us back from uh, uh, Florida. I'm heading down to Florida at the end of uh, September uh, last like that week. Time last week of September first week of October taking my taking my vacation all right i'm one of those people that believe that you got to take your vacation there's a lot of people who don't take vacations and then they sell their vacation time back I don't need money that bad.
2: Oh No, I've seen. Yeah, they get the sick leave and the vacation time paid when they retire or something.
1: Yeah, I no no not me. I'm I'm going Mayor somewhere. Stoneman got and get some big fat check. Well,
2: when he were, when he he worked
1: all the time. Right. You know he worked all the time. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me remind everybody real quickly about people who work all the time. East End Towing, because whenever you need them, they're there to help you. Now I don't know if they're going to have one of these blink units or not. I'm going to call. Uh, the folks over there, I'm going to talk to, uh, uh, what's his name? I'm, i got to think of his name real here, quick here. The owner, Patrick uh, McIntyre. That's who that is, Patrick McIntyre. And if he's going to, uh, if he thinks that he needs to be ready for the EV invasion, the electric vehicle invasion, I mean, what what do you do if you run out of uh, a charge, On the side of the road. Well, you call the people who have what's called a blink unit. Now, here's what's cool about it. They come out and they give you a little charge that will get you about 10 miles. I don't know what the charge is going to be. I don't know how much it's going to cost you, but it gets you to a charging station, basically. And uh, what's interesting about it is that this is a truck that has one of these little chargers on it. And it's run by a little gas engine. <laughs> i just, I, just, I just so ironic that's that funny. that's the way it is, but it's a gas engine. And there's going to be a lot of those on the road because I'm just telling you now that the electric vehicles are not. Depending on the weather, they may get 20% less power out of a charge than they would at any other time and things of that nature. The colder it gets, the less efficient your battery's going to run because that's the way batteries do and, and it does the same thing during heat as well but I, i'm going to get a hold of him and talk to him about it and see if that's a part of this that they're going to get into as well so they can do the you know the roadside assistance with that but they can help you if you need a tow all right They can definitely come out and get uh, your car off the side of the road, and they know all the things that uh, has to be done depending on where you break down because there's rules and there's regulations. As you all know, in fact, we talked to Chris about that a lot. We just talked about a guy who got fined almost $200 because he uh, had the trailer that he hauls cars with on his property. Yeah, that's right. And that was against the law. Can't do that. Nope. So the bottom line is, uh, you know, you need somebody who knows the situations and what to do in those situations. And Easton Towing can handle all your situations because they got the answers. So give them a call. Put this number in your phone, 501-888-8849 that's 501-888-8849 for east end uh, towing. They'll take good care of you. Nothing worse than being broke down on the side of the road. I hate it when that happens. All right, so we've been talking about this whole thing about President Trump. Today we're supposed to get the redacted version of the affidavit. Now, we already have seen the warrant. All the warrant did was tell us what they could go after. The affidavit is the legal document that uh, the uh, the DOJ used to determine that there was a cause to raid the former president's home. Did I get it right there? That's
2: right. Yes. And and so the judge is going to release it by noon.
1: <laughs> yep, that's 11 o'clock our time. Right. So That's it's exactly right. Out. They had
2: the uh, 1600 GMT.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> noon... Eastern, that's right. what. They're, they're an hour ahead of us. So
2: I can't wait to see it.
1: I'm wondering, if, and I mentioned this to Chris during the break, you remember the FISA warrant back uh, in the day when they were proven that uh, the the guy in the FBI had, had made up a lot of the stuff that he got the judge to sign off on the that's warrant right. and all that. That's right. And they put out a redacted version of it. And the only words you could read was "and" and "the." <laughs> Everything a, out was yeah. black. Yeah. And now they've got it set up that you know you print it out on a on on your computer or whatever, right? And they use some kind of special black dye uh, that will make it so you cannot see through it. Ah. Uh. It used. Remember when they used to use sharpies to do it? Right, right, and right. And if you held it up to a bright light, you could look through that black and you could see. That's right. what, what had been written that they had blacked out. Can't do it anymore, man. No. They've they've cleaned it up. They've got they've got a special tool inside of Adobe Acrobat now that's doing it.
2: But if you don't do it right, though, you can grab that thing and move it. Yeah, you can grab the little redaction and move it. You can look at uh, it around. They're, they're going to make sure some underling of the Justice Department has redacted this thing, t- probably and left only words showing "and" and "the." It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I tell you right now, it's going to be ridiculous.
1: Now well, the guy that did that, if I'm not mistaken, is doing some jail time. You can't. Oh, you yeah. can't lie to a federal judge. No. No and I've always said that was the problem with FISA warrants, yeah, because they didn't go back and check to make sure the information that was being uh, brought forth was real, right because it was too secret. you, you get to drift, yeah well, and then the way you the, know trust us, it really is real. trust yeah. us
2: yeah
1: <laughs> well they, they get to an affidavit cuts
2: both ways. Right, Mm -hmm. so so when they crafted the words in this affidavit, they they did it to just get over the goal line of probable cause. I have seen it's got to have actual knowledge. The guy that filled out that affidavit, I have seen this document in this location in President Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago.
1: Well, that's just a guy who's testifying, right? It doesn't. Well, somebody might not have even seen it other than him.
2: That's going to be interesting. That's right. So but if that guy's not in that affidavit with sp- knowledge, like, for example, they, they bust you for, for drugs, right? Okay. They, they've got your informant, right? Your CI. Yeah. Confidential informant. The cops will send that CI out, go buy some drugs from a house. They either videotape them or they're watching them on camera. That CI then comes back and fills out an affidavit. Here's bought, what happened. Yeah, I bought these drugs at this house at this with this address. That's how the search warrant will get issued for that house. Now, search warrants can also be very specific. They can say, um, you get to search the black safe in the bedroom at this address, 123 ABC Street.
1: But see, the warrant... When we looked at it uh-huh.
2: it looked like it was pretty wide open. I know, and that's gonna be interesting. I mean they i mean you gotta you gotta imagine how intrusive this was with President Trump. They're looking through uh looking through the panty drawer, literally, of the supermodel wife. Right? Yep. I mean they are. I'm just telling you what they did. They they searched every inch of that place.
1: That was a sniffing search. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Melania, um, uh, you know it's it's intrusive, and they're going to look through her stuff, look through her jewelry, look through the documents. They, I guess they, I assume they had someone open the safe.
1: Someone I the guess, key. yeah, I so, guess. Um, and, and, what, it, and they said, and there was one room that had two locks on it. Well, the reason it had two locks is because you told them to put a lo- another lock on that door. Oh, that's interesting. That's Yes. I mean, they really, that was there. There were two locks on that door. Well, it's because you required two locks on it, and they did what you required. Well, you know, he's also got a Secret
2: Service detail with him. All ex-presidents yes. get a couple of Secret Service agents. Yeah. And they should be. They should be protected. Yeah, I that always
1: and we'll talk about when we come back. We've right. got to get another break in. Let's get our final break in for the hour and, and talk and then come back and talk about this further. If you're a secret service and and, and you're protecting the president and you're by him almost twenty four seven. Yeah. Okay. Don't you become friends with the guy? A hundred percent you do. You've you know? got to. You see him all the time. Well, we got to talk about yeah. that. I mean, I, I, that's one of the things I got out of, I learned this from uh, the show 24. Remember 24? Oh, yeah, I love that show. Yeah, it was a great show. What and was they, that countdown. There was that one uh, Secret Service agent for the first lady yeah and he was he was really just really good friends with her mm-hmm. that's got to get in the way at times oh yeah once you get to be really good friends i'm not saying that's how i learned about it i'm just saying it made me think maybe a little differently than i had thought before oh, about yeah. you know would you be willing to maybe let something slide a little bit. Right. It makes makes sense to me. Hey, don't forget about ICU protection. Billy Mack's ready to talk to you. I'm having lunch with Billy Mack today. I'm looking forward to it. Going to talk with him about ICU protection. There's a couple other things we're going to talk about. Looking forward to it. Uh, they'll take care of the security of your home or your business. I mean, look, these are the guys that do Nuke One. If they can take care of a a nuke reactor, they can take care of your house, I'm just just saying, or your business. And uh, I talked with uh, Billy Mack, Uh, had him come over to my house, and he says, Dave, how secure do you want to be? I said, secure enough that I don't have to worry. And he said, well, let's do the doors and the windows. And let's uh, let's see. You want a you want a camera? And I said, yeah, I think one on the doorbell would be good. And then I get a blind spot over here, and he says, yeah, we can put one there. You'll be able to see exactly what's going on there. And so that's what we did. And now I'll be just sitting here like doing my show. And if a uh, you know just a a big old bear of a dog goes by my house, I get pictures of it in those uh, those areas that you can't uh, you know see from being inside the house and uh haven't had anything happen as far as anybody trying to break in but if they do there will be copious amounts of noise i'm just telling you that and if i'm not there i'll see it on my phone and then it goes out to uh the organization it's sent to to be reported to the police and get the police out to my house that's the way it works. And Billy Mack does it right. By the way, you pay for the service, you don't pay for the hardware. You don't have to pay a penny for the uh, the cameras or the sensors for your door or your windows. And you get that an- the analytics for free. You get motion detection for free. It's great stuff. Talk to Billy Mack about it. Call him, 501-205-1333. Uh, you may talk to somebody else with Billy Max organization, but if you talk to Billy, tell him I said hi and uh, enjoy feeling, you know, very, very safe in your home. You'll feel safer than you've ever felt if you're with ICU protection. we got uh, just about nine minutes left. Let's talk about another uh, race that's going on here in the U.S. right now. It's, it has nothing to do with the presidency. Uh, this is... Uh, uh, the Democratic primary winner for the U.S. Senate uh, in, I think it's Pennsylvania, John Fetterman. You familiar with this story? i
2: not kept up with that one.
1: All right. Okay, this is the one that Dr. Oz is the oh, Republican challenger, all right? Okay. And he, he had been trailing Fetterman uh, almost by double digits, and now he's pulled to within about 2% uh, below him. And... Uh, He suffered a stroke just before primary election day in May. He was in the hospital when the votes were tallied on election day. Wow. Now, when he does show up at rare campaign events, it's just for a few minutes. And his health now has become an issue in that race. Uh, Usually wearing an oversized sweatshirt and basketball shorts. Wow. Uh, His appearance now is very sloppy. His words are even more incoherent. And usually Democrat-friendly media outlets uh, are now beginning to take notice of this, uh, that he's really showing that he might have some serious medical problems. Uh, CNN saying legitimate questions do remain about Fetterman's health. After disastrous campaign events. There's a couple of times that he has spoken, and uh, he hasn't made any sense whatsoever. Kind of like Biden does (laughs) at times. And it's sad to see Biden talk. Yeah, at times. Yeah, Yeah. it really is. Fetterman was often halting in his speech, occasionally dropping words mid-sentence. CNN reporting Fetterman's speech was halting at the events in Erie and Pittsburgh... With the candidates sometimes taking long pauses and dropping words. And it's starting to take effect on the race itself.
2: Ooh, that's not good.
1: No. Well, look, he should stop running if he is not uh, healthy.
2: A hundred percent. And what are the people around him that love him and care about him? What are they telling him? What are they, what
1: are they? I don't know. Golly. What did what did Biden's wife tell him? I want to be first league yeah. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm no just saying. Um, I just uh, I I know Biden's talking about running again. Yeah, that's craziness. It is crazy. That's craziness. Everybody can listen to the man and can tell that he shouldn't run again because if by chance he won, yeah. He's going to be in. The, he's going to be like eighty-three years old or whatever. Right. It's it's time. There comes a time that you say
2: it's time. Yeah, they, you know, there's there's a law in Arkansas that uh, the state judges have to retire at seventy, and that, or they start penalizing you. Well, so they want, they want
1: yeah yeah they want yeah. you to be on the top of your game.
2: That's right. And not that 70s you're going to be, be croaked over at 70 years old. No, but
1: you start showing your age. Yeah,
2: sure. And, and um, the president and this guy that's from the Senate, he's going to have to have a lot of energy. March around those halls and dealing with stressful stuff. That ain't good for your
1: brain if if you're trying to recover from a stroke. I'm looking over at the, the camera right now. Yeah. Look at my face. Last year, I looked like I was 25. <laughs> right on. I don't look that way anymore. All right? I look like I'm 26. I'm just I'm no I'm, I'm just saying the closer you get to 70 the more you start feeling your age. I didn't think that would be the case, but I'm I'm going to be 70 in February. Yeah. Oh, you're still spry. You
2: I'm know? 51 and I feel I was like I feel bad sometimes. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not 25 anymore.
1: Yeah. So, and, well, neither am I. I'm I struggle I struggle to, to get
2: in a canoe. I used to go canoeing a lot and I'm like, uh let's do a shorter
1: float trip <laughs> Yeah, get it. well and you know your balance starts failing yeah, and all yeah. kinds of stuff
2: right i mean that was um and now i've got to think about it I and mean, you know there, you there are
1: people that are older now yeah. and it, and and they don't even wear a lot of makeup they're actors and actresses right. that are in their 60s and don't even look close to that age i mean tom cruise is a perfect example yeah all right. So is uh, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's going to be 60 years old. Oh, no. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. When you look at him, he don't look close to being 60. I did not know he was 60. He looks like he's in his okay. 40s. Okay. You know? Huh. Just, uh, and there's some there's some actresses right. that without makeup still look like they're in their 40s and they're in their mid-60s. Right. So it's amazing. but. You know, I always mention to people, yeah, and the people that they work around, the people who help keep them in shape and all of that, uh, they can do that because they're they're worth almost as much money as God.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, they get paid a lot.
1: Yeah, those people, those people that, uh, well, they get chefs at their house. That's and, right, and so all kinds of stuff. Trainer.
2: Yeah, you know, and they they deserve it. They make the make these movies that, that twenty million people will pay ten bucks to go see.
1: 12.50 now, now brother. twelve
2: fifty now. I'm trying to
1: go on Tuesdays No, oh, okay, you go on the cheap <laughs> days. Okay, yeah, twelve fifty, typical movie ticket price anymore. You go to right. movies. Some some big cities, fifteen no dollars. But when you think about you're gonna get two two and a half year uh, two and a half uh, hours of of entertainment it's not bad.
2: No, it's not bad. I like it. I I, st- pay I like going to the theater.
1: How much money you pay? hundred and fifty dollars a ticket to go sit and watch a rock band for oh, yeah. fifty minutes? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's cheaper than that. Right. Oh speaking of rock bands, uh September 9th here Who's coming? in Little Rock Who's coming? at the at the hall, Gwar is gonna be here. I
2: don't even know who that is.
1: You don't know who they are. No. Oh man, you're not a you're not a big speed metal fan or a thrash metal fan, are you? <laughs> no, no, okay, I am. Five Finger Death Punch. Okay, it's not, well okay. That, it's that kind of music. <laughs> okay. 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 And bottom line, they've been around since the '80s. They okay. started in Richmond, and they dress up in costumes and everything, and they they lop people's heads off and spew blood all <laughs> okay. over the crowd, and but they play great thrash metal. Okay. It used to not be that way. It used to be, they were uh, kind of a uh, uh, I don't know what would you call them? Uh, an art band yeah. that tried to play okay. thrash metal. Now they can they've gotten the the uh, musicians to join up with the group as well. Huh. That can really get it going. <laughs> okay. You know maybe maybe we should go. <laughs> I should take you. I've never seen I'll a heavy. Yeah. In, I'll introduce you to. I'll show you some. I'll show you some YouTube when we take the break all right, here. All right. You got to see it. It's it's absolutely crazy. <laughs> really is crazy. All right, it's uh, about a minute until uh, seven o'clock. Let's take our break. Let's get a hold of. Uh, I'll get a hold of Robert, and he'll be ready to join us when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. about a three percent rain chance today uh, we're looking at a very very nice day i mean they're saying that the high today will be around 93 degrees tonight 72 right now it's uh, 71 feels like it's 72 under uh, mostly clear skies here in our area so it's a uh, beautiful weather just beautiful weather and let me remind you, as I look across at Chris, because you'll get excited as soon as I say this, we are now eight days away for kickoff for the Razorbacks.
2: Oh, fantastic.
1: Yeah, we're taking on Cincinnati up in Vietnam. So um, I don't know how many tickets are remaining. I got to think that uh, the uh, the game's going to be a sellout. At least I would think so. Oh That's, yeah,
2: there's a bot, There's a bunch of excitement. I mean, both the both team.
1: the teams. I mean, Razorbacks uh, in the in the polls are ranked number 19 in the United States, yeah. and uh, Cincinnati ranked 23rd. And of course, they were in the uh, the playoffs for the championship last year. Yeah. Now they've lost their starting quarterback. Uh, we'll find out how really. Uh, important he was to their offense, right? So, but uh, right now I'm to just my, telling to you, to my
2: limited memory, he pulled him out of a lot of.
1: Yes, he did. Yeah, so he pulled him out of a lot he's of games. Going to
2: leave a hole. Yeah. yeah, there's a hole to fill.
1: Yes, there is, and we'll see if they've uh, found somebody who can do what he could do, which was run around and find somebody that was open and throw the ball to him. We'll see. That's All right. right. Now, with that said, Chris, we've got a special person who has just joined us. Oh yeah. Yeah, he slept in this morning, evidently. It's not normal for this person to sleep in. And uh hello, Robert. How are you today?
0: Hello, my friend. You, <laughs> you may hear some cough in the background. I had a little critter on the roof last night making noise, waking me up so much so that I literally took that ladder out and crawled up there, couldn't find anything. But needless to say, my sleep was somewhat interrupted.
2: Oh, man. So Ladders what, are dangerous. What kind of critter do
0: you think it was? I really don't know. It's it, it was loud. It, it it sounded too big to be a squirrel, uh, but it could be. I don't have a, a, an attic. You know, people go say, "Well, he was up in the attic." You see, I don't have an attic. I got a peaked uh, ceiling, and it didn't sound like he was squeezed up there in the middle of a peak. Yeah, it's hard to do. Um, so I don't know what's going on. But it's, this is the second night in a row in the fact. But I don't want to bore the listeners. But I did want to apologize for having to take some more time, because as you say, I'm never up late.
1: Yeah, I know. You're you're an early go-to-bitter. My uh, my daughter is visiting us here uh, in Cabot uh, until Tuesday, and uh, I was watching a brand-new uh, show on Netflix last night called uh, The Defeated, and it's about a cop in New York police force over in Germany right after the—, the, the the culmination of the second world war and he's trying to rebuild the german uh civilian police department and uh we watched two episodes really good by the way and uh she, she says to me it's, it's nine o'clock he goes my bedtime dad i gotta go to bed <laughs> that's my bedtime too i gotta go to bed but i'm getting up at three forty-five. Yeah. <laughs> you know but the bottom line is is that you know, it was a really good show, but she's a she's an early go to Right. but she's an early riser, which I wouldn't be even if I went to bed early. <laughs> I, I like to sleep. I'm one of those people that like to sleep. So what do you? I used to go ahead.
0: I was going to say I used to like the, I used to be able to sleep in eat. <laughs> but you know those are the college days, and it's getting harder to remember those days. <laughs>
1: We were talking a little bit about that because we were talking about that this Fetterman who's running for uh, governor of Pennsylvania and some mm-hmm. of the problems that he is having right now because he had a stroke on election day in Ooh. May, and evidently he's only showing up very rarely uh, against Oz running for this position, and when he does, he's not making any sense. He's, you know, he's dropping middle of words, and he he shows up and he's wearing uh, shorts and a in a baggy, uh, sweatshirt or something, just kind of weird.
0: So he's, he's Joe Biden, is
1: what. You well, say. that's that's a, I I made <laughs> mention of that. We were yeah, we were yeah. talking about that, but you know, I just wonder what possesses someone who you got to know in your own mind that you're just not. Sharp anymore you you know no, sure you're waking I mean, up and you're breathing and you're doing all those things, but as far as putting together a cognitive argument about something, not so much, and they still decide that they're going to run mm.
0: well i I don't think that's necessarily the case; it depends how bad the dementia is because I think the first thing that goes is your awareness of your of who you are and what you know what you're doing um, and uh, towards the end. Uh, my mother had uh, some dementia uh, and, and sometimes she knew exactly what was going on sometimes she was talking about things from 40 years ago and I would mention to her and she would kind of just look confused and then change the topic or stop talking and then I stopped doing it I realized, you know, don't just let, let her be um, but no, I'm not sure that's right uh, I think people with dementia including Joe Biden who has clearly exhibited it it seemingly intermittently, interestingly enough. It seems that there are times that Joe Biden is, is uh, just about perfectly cogent, as was my mother. And then there are times that he's not. Um, and when they're not, they don't know it is the problem.
1: Oh, okay. All right. That makes yeah. sense then to yeah. me why they yeah. would, you know, keep on doing what they're doing because right. they think they're fine. That's right. That's right. All right. So. We talked about all of that, and we talked about what's going on down in, in Florida with the president and about the uh, the affidavit and that they had to have it ready and to the judge and to be released at noon Eastern today, and uh, how much will they redact on it. And I said, well, remember when they had the affidavit uh, or the warrant that was turned out, uh, by the FISA court, when we found out that the FBI agent lied to the judge, and uh, they they did the uh, the whole thing of of, of uh, you know drawing black lines through a lot of stuff, and the only thing that they didn't have a black line through was basically the uh, thes and ands.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it's it's certainly possible that they wind up producing something that is useless, but we don't know, and we'll have to see, right?
1: They're going to release it at noon can today. The, yeah, can the, can High the, noon. Can the judge send it back to him and say, no, you can't do it this way. You need to prove why you're redacting the way you are with everything being cut. I think it's going to be tough because uh, I, Chris wasn't aware that uh, uh, the AG had this warrant on his desk for three weeks before he, he sent him out to uh, carry it out.
0: That, I didn't know that. That's very interesting.
1: That is interesting, Telling. isn't it? Yeah, set on his it desk. Is. He had it there. He just didn't act on it. Now, if, it was, if it's really all that serious, then why in God's name would he let it sit there for three weeks? You'd want to no, get I'll, in there and get Dave, that stuff.
0: I'll, I'll tell you some inside baseball. A judge doesn't leave a warrant sitting on his desk. It's not because he's got a pile of paper stacked up. If a judge leaves a warrant sitting on the desk... It's because he said to his staff, uh, call the U.S. Attorney's Office and tell them they need to get down here because in reading the warrant on its face, I ain't signing it. This ain't enough. So they better come in and give, do some explaining like Lucy uh, because this ain't enough. That's when a, that's why a warrant sits on the judge's desk. A warrant doesn't sit on a judge's desk because he's got other work to do. An, an order, an opinion might sit on a desk for three weeks, but a warrant don't sit on the desk for three
1: weeks. All right, well it did. It yeah. sat on his dead f- desk right. for three weeks. There's
2: some there's some uh, my meaning. case law. You my meaning. Yeah. You're right. Rob there's some case law about information being stale, like an affidavit from a year ago. Can a judge take an affidavit from a year ago or not that that's happened here, but it no, that that information needs to be uh uh, new and ready to go
1: and well, act here's on it now. Of, but what's part of all of this is that they're saying that what Trump supposedly did, whatever it is, we don't know yet, because right. they haven't told us, but it was serious enough that they needed to act on it right then, and then they didn't. And uh, fact, had been working with the Trump administration and members of his, his staff to uh, get the neces the, the, these uh, documents that they were worried about back to the archives, and there's never been there's never been that type of a fight about archival material. Look, uh, you know, Barack Obama had had stuff that the archives wanted that he he had, and he fought about it. Bush fought about it. A lot of presidents have fought about it. They want to keep the stuff, and the, ar- the archives said no. This is for the prosperity of uh, the country. Yeah, well, we don't know. We don't know what's in
0: there, Dave. There's, I will tell you this. There are almost always debates, shall we say it, between presidents that leave office and uh, the government, whatever that office is, uh, what things are personal property and what things are not personal property. The, the ex-presidents are entitled t- to take certain things, and then sometimes if they take them, they have to pay certain amounts, their value. So there are always some debates about that. Now, what's being talked about here is not that. They're documents rather than things. Uh, but again, it's not clear if uh, uh, these are somehow one-of-a-kind documents uh, and whether they are a confidential, secret, that kind of thing. I just don't know. Certainly, those are allegations that are being made, right? The allegations are being made, is some of these things are uh, uh, impinge on national security. Yeah, we'll see.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll have to wait to find out. And I can right. tell you this much: at the way that they're leaking stuff, and I, if I were a federal judge overseeing this, I'd call. Uh, you know, garlic marin or whatever his name is, the AG, I'd call call him up and say, hey, stop the leaks or I'll have you in front of my bench.
0: Yeah, it's a real problem, actually. It's a real problem.
1: Yeah, it's a a serious problem. They're, They're trying. I seriously feel that they're trying to manipulate November right now. I mean, that's what that's about. That's about. Uh, They're trying to manipulate 2024. I mean, you don't need the Russians. We got the FBI and the DOJ. Yeah, it's really just the timing of this
0: is disturbing. Uh, The elevation of it is disturbing. Uh, I I heard recently that uh, earlier we saw that Biden said, "I, I didn't know anything about this. Yep. And. And now there's indications to the contrary. And frankly, I'm not sure which is worse, right? Meaning the president's not aware that the DOJ is going after an Uh, ex-president. So that's the problem if he's unaware. If he is aware, then to what extent? How involved was he? Is he uh, doing it for political motives? There is a narrow path in between those two, don't get me wrong, uh, that is legitimate. Uh, But we don't know where this lies.
1: Well, it it gets real serious when you're talking about, is the president involved in ordering something done to somebody who could be someone he's going to run against for the presidency in two years?
0: Of course, that's what they said when Giuliani uh, went to go talk to the Ukrainians about corruption related to uh biden's son what's hunter yeah hunter uh right so that was according to the left uh, and included in that of course is the media right because the mainstream media is in the left it dictates to the left uh that oh well that's that's interference in politics well if that was interference in politics and by the way I didn't think it was necessarily interference with politics. Why ain't this? And you don't hear a peep from the leftist media that this is interference with politics. You heard me a moment ago. There is a path in which Biden didn't violate a rule. And there is a path, depending on what the material is, that there's an interest in the government in regaining access to this information. We don't know yet, but you hear nothing, nothing, from the mainstream media, and if the table uh, was uh, reversed uh, and the Trump administration was doing this to Hillary, uh, we know their heads would be uh, exploding and their faces would be melting. And we know it in part because during the first campaign, Trump said, lock her up, famously so. And he was referring to the fact that Hillary Clinton kept a secret server in her basement and maintained secret, high-level... Documents on that server and then destroyed records as she saw fit
1: wow so, they didn't I, they I didn't they didn't handle. go in they didn't go in in the middle of the night and and search her did they
0: they not only that i think I think she was uh, she turned it over at her leisure after having deleted everything that she wanted to delete right.
1: you know, over thirty thousand emails yeah right yeah yeah. Right you yeah, don't want people to forget about that. Okay, so before we I guess we got to take our first break. When we come back, sure. I want to pick up about this 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 loan payoff that the president's doing. This is nothing more as far as I'm concerned is buying votes. And we'll talk about it when we return. Here on the Dave Ellsworth show, Chris uh, Chris uh, Corbett is here and also with us is uh, Robert Steinbach, he is a law professor at Bowen School of Law. And uh, his opinions are his alone, and not those of the school of law nor uh, the university to which it belongs. So, a break. Then we're going to come back. By the way, they said three hundred million dollars or billion dollars. Now it's up to, uh, uh, is it millions? Yeah, no the, no. the student loan debt. Yeah, it's a billion. One point six trillion. Yeah, it's gone up. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's gone up now, and. Uh, at least two thousand dollars is uh, is yours, Robert. I just want you to know yours, you too, Chris, and me, <laughs> and not Heidi. Not hey, two thousand dollars is on you I as well.
0: Paying. I ain't paying.
1: Okay, we'll take a break. We got more to talk about here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, a Friday edition coming up at 9 o'clock, just so you'll know. Uh, Steven Davis is going to be with us, the voice of the Trabs. We'll talk to him a little bit. Trabs, I mean, the season's coming to an end. We only got a couple more weeks left. So uh, we want to talk to them about, you know, at this part of the year, what's uh, the Seattle Mariners doing with their farm clubs? What are they trying to do with their players? Uh, Are they making decisions about who do they keep and maybe Pop, you know push them up to AAA, a or who they leave in double a and who do they get rid of totally we'll talk about that uh in thing then we're going to talk about the mariners themselves i mean they're in the playoff hunt right now not as a winner of their division houston's going to do that they're going to win the west in the american league but right now uh you know the uh uh, the Seattle Mariners are playing well enough that they even got they either got the one seed or the two seed of uh, you know the other uh, play other teams that get into the playoffs. So they can be one of those teams that if they're hot when they go in, they can make some noise and make it very difficult on the the big teams. And then I want to talk to him about the Yankees. What in the heck is going on with the Yankees? It's like they can't win a game right now. I mean they're not they're not even being competitive sometimes. So we got a lot to talk about. A little baseball, nine nine thirty, 930, nine thirty five. Matt Smith will join us and we'll talk about what the movies are uh this weekend and what you might want to go see with your significant other. So we'll do that, you know, do a little dinner, whatever, do a little dance get down tonight kind of things so anyway <laughs> that's that's something for you to think about all right but right now i got robert steinbach here and uh he is of course a law professor over at bowen school of law his opinions are his and his alone not those of the school of law nor the university to which they belong and chris corbett is with me as well he's sitting here in the studio this morning and uh uh, was with us during the first hour. We've talked about uh, President Trump, and we've talked about Fetterman. But I, I want to talk now about this uh, bailout for uh, college students on their loans. And uh, when you get a loan now, uh, you're not getting it from a bank. You get it from the United States government. Get it from the government. Uh, $10,000 for uh, students who just had regular loans if you got pell grants you can get $20,000 forgiveness on all of this and it came up it was people were saying 300 billion then they were talking 500 billion half a trillion and now you say they're talking it's about a trillion dollars oh well now the the total loan debt student loan debt out there is
2: 1.6 trillion oh okay i have not seen anybody answer the question of how much is this going to cost i i don't know how they're going to put a number on
1: that well they broke it down and um, at least on on fox and some other uh, media and they said that every taxpayer is going to be on the hook for $2000 that's
2: just nuts yeah it re- but, it really is this, a, and this when i first take on this was got Ten seconds. Go ahead. It, it doesn't solve the underlying problem.
1: Well, of course it does. Cost it's going to make college costs go up. Right. That's what they're going to do. All right. We've got to get uh, uh, to the break at the bottom of the hour. Let's do that, and then we'll come back and talk further about this on the Dave Ellswick Show. Show, don't forget about P.I. Roofing. I know Joel Johnson knows that there's only eight days left at the Razorbacks. He's got season tickets. He sits right there at the uh, right at the second level <coughs> of the tickets. At least he did uh, by the end zone. He loves those Razorbacks. He loves those Hogs, and I don't blame him. I like to watch the Hogs play too, and I especially like when, uh, watching them when I think they got a decent chance of winning, and they do with Sam Pittman being the head coach of the team now. So uh, next game, first game of the season. Is a week from Saturday, and it will be up in Vietnam uh, on the home field. I'm hoping that they'll be totally sold out, and it's going to be the Razorbacks and the Bears of Cincinnati doing battle out there on the gridiron. Gotta love that. Don't hear that word much anymore, the gridiron. You know, that just sounds like a tough place to be. But uh, that's going to be the first game. That's a tough one. We've got a tough schedule this year. But we're ranked right now 19th in the country. But to keep that ranking or to move up, we've got to play like we're expected to play. All right, PI Roofing and uh, Joel Johnson wants to know they'll do a regular roof. They can do flat roofs. That's not an easy thing to do. You got to know what you're doing when you do flat roofs. Uh because you got to shrink wrap kind of into those uh flat roofs and uh the folks at uh, PI Roofing can do all of that. I had somebody give me a hit on a uh text the other day. He said that they had a flat roof and you know, the PI Roofing do a decent job on that? And I said, dude, they do a superlative job on that. You need to get a hold of them. And uh told them to call them, 501-707-3551. That's the number I use, 501-707-3551. Or I visit them, and you can visit them at piroofing.com. All right. With that said, let's go back to they want to uh, forgive the loan debt of students that went to college. Now, here's how I feel about this. Look, I went to college, and I borrowed some money, and, you know, they gave me five years that I didn't have to make a payment once I left school. That's right. Then I had to start paying it off because they understand that, you know, when you first get your first job, you might not make a whole lot of money. Mm -hmm. But by five years down the road, you should have gotten a couple of pay raises and you can make the payment on your school loans. Now, when I got a school loan, it's different than you who have been getting school loans here for the last, I don't know, 15 years or so, maybe 20. Uh, You've been getting yours through the government. I had to go to a bank. And ask them for the money, and they wanted to know, well, what kind of collateral you got right. and all kinds of stuff. And your family played a part in that, and uh, it was not easy to do, And uh, but I paid off my loans. And, you know, when you sign a piece of paper saying, yeah, I need a loan, I want a school loan, $30,000 for this year or whatever— When you sign that loan, are you stupid enough that you think they're going to say, well, if he says he's not going to pay it back, we're not going to ask for it? I I mean, I don't understand where these people's minds are now. I guess they feel like the government should guarantee that they get the money to go to, to college. Is that how you understand yeah,
2: well, this? It seems to me it's like they're buying votes. Hey.
1: Well, right now, yeah, that's what that's what Biden's doing oh, by yeah. saying he's going to forgive a $10,000 if you got just uh, regular loans, if you got Pell grants,
2: uh-huh. $20,000. Oh, there's a couple different steps.
1: Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it be
2: income based.
1: Yeah, 100 what is it? Under uh, if you're single, one hundred and twenty-five thousand. If you're uh, married, two hundred and fifty, two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Okay. Between the two, you can get this money. But it, it, my question is, is and it's probably both of yours. When did it become my responsibility to pay your loan if you took a loan out? I mean, what what's the difference about college or uh, a house loan? A car loan or whatever loan that you take out, Robert, there's not that big of a difference, I don't think.
0: Oh, oh, here's the difference, Dave. Uh, The difference is that people who go to work uh, every day and support their families and take out loans for trucks uh, to be pipe fitters or plumbers or electricians or homes uh, for their families uh, to live in, uh, those loans ain't being forgiven. It's the loans that are for people who are uh, studying useful topics and not useful topics, and they are meaning basket weaving or engineering. And the problem is, by forgiving the loan, they create an environment in which there are no market forces to help you decide uh, where to invest your time money and energy. When you go to school, you should be making a decision. Is this worth the investment? Now, unlike some conservatives, I perhaps obviously don't think that education is a bad thing. There are Many conservatives don't think that, but there are some conservatives whose language is not good. Well, don't waste your time in college. Go get a real job. There are plenty of real jobs without college, and there are plenty of real jobs that require college. But you have to make that choice. And I remember uh, once uh, when uh, a former dean here at the law school uh, was talking about a joint degree that was being offered uh, between the law school and I think the medical school. Now, really, it wasn't much of a joint degree in the sense that all you had to do was get admitted to medical school and law school and then do the programs individually. So I don't know what made it a joint degree, really. But in any event, I said, well, that's a silly degree. That's a waste of money. And so his response was, well, don't you think it could be useful to have both degrees? Well, of course it could be useful in in the abstract to have a 1,000 degrees, right? Then anytime anybody ever asks me a question, I've got the answer. But is it worth the extra money. If you're going to be a doctor, do you want to spend three more years in school and another, I don't know, $50,000 and then practice medicine and have a law degree on the side? Not particularly useful. And the reverse. If you're a lawyer, you're going to spend four years in medical school at minimum plus perhaps a residency for what? Well, you might be better at doing malpractice law, the the person might say, yes, but is it worth a few hundred thousand dollars in debt? course not that's why you hire an expert witness in those instances in which you need one so education is good but you have to make an assessment as to whether the investment is worth the payoff and when there's no cost to the investment well then you can't make that assessment using market forces it's just a giveaway
1: okay and it seems to me that what the president and the people who well, don't have to even vote on this. The president's going to try to do this by his uh, his kingly duties, so so to speak. Uh, they're they're saying to you, yeah, we're going to pay off some of your debt, but we're not going to change anything about how you can go further into debt. If you want to go back to school, I, if you get some money to pay off the debt, I guess you can run up some more debt if you want to go get a master's degree then. I think that that's right. I don't think that that that's wrong in that that uh, thought process. What
2: do you? What? I, well, you just brought up a good point. So how's that going to moving forward? How's that going to affect the current students that are taking out loans? Do they get a ten thousand dollar bump? I don't know. I mean, just or because you took the one, loan is out? this
1: a one time offer before yeah. November? Oh, there you go. Totally political. Yeah, well, sure, it's a political move. Absolutely, it's a political move. Why
2: didn't Why didn't he approach Congress to redo the whole loan system, the whole student loan government program? How about engage Congress?
1: Yeah, I think that's something you might want to do. Although he knows that they're not going to no. give students a ten thousand dollar. Uh, you know, pay off uh, to pay off their debt. And I don't understand college students saying they should get it, that they somehow deserve it. I don't understand that kind of thinking that that never even went through my mind when I was that age. Right. Right. Now they're just good little brown shirts, I guess. That's all I I can figure about this is that they're. You know that lady in New York that said, this shows you socialism can win. Well, yeah, I guess it does. You know that we're at that point that everybody thinks that the government should bail their butts out for their bad mistakes. Because that's why you owe this money, right? You owe the money because you signed the paper. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'll just give you a personal story. I still owe on my student loans, Dave. I've been paying on my student loan for 20 years. I had $80,000 in debt. The payment's $367 a month. And, um, yeah, so should I have the public pay my debt off?
1: Heck no. Well, you're going to get a 10000 bump?
2: Not. No. It's funny you say that, because it's not with the government. Mine was with a private institution. All right. Yours I, was with the bank. I, mine's, I'm not, not going to get a, any loan forgiveness. Right. It's outside of the purview of but the But you're going to pay May extra
1: in the, in the long run. You're going to pay extra. You're going to pay off your loans yep. and about $2,000 of somebody else's yep, loan on some exactly deadbeat right. that won't pay on their
3: loan.
2: I'll tell you what I did do. I have a fantastic deal. I worked it great. It's 1.78%. Well,
1: sure. Yeah. Why sure. would I
2: pay that off? Yeah. 1.78%. And um, Now, it's just happened when I refied and did all that and combined the loans, it was some low locked-in interest rate. They gave me an extra, I don't know, percentage point off because I made three years of on-time payments. And you're right. When you get out, there's lower payments. So my first four, three years. I had lower payments and then uh-huh. graduated up, so it's an investment in yourself. And it needs in the long term game plan is pay it back. I've got degrees that no one can take away from me, right? Um, th- there could be some other things. You know, the only two loans, the only two debts you can't get out in bankruptcy is IRS debt, tax debt, uh-huh. and a student loan debt. Yeah. Now that's interesting. You can't discharge a student loan debt. But that's the way the law is right now.
1: So are you the same way we are, Rob? Do you think this is nothing more than a political gambit by the president?
2: I think it's
0: largely a political gambit. But I also think it's part of, part of this broader social, socialist enterprise that is the modern left that, is, that are progressive. They believe that they don't pay for anything. Whatever you do, you're born— And then you go to the government and you ask for uh, a handout, and they give you the handout for whatever you want to do. And, of course, you know, that money comes from the secret money machine in the back room behind (laughs) the veil that you can't see. The money tree. They keep printing it. Right, it comes from the money tree. And they keep printing it on the money tree, and eventually it all falls apart, like every, every socialist system. Have. Has. Don't kid yourself. Oh, well, you know, up there in Sweden. Sweden isn't socialist, first of all. Second of all, Sweden's about 85 related families. That's it. You know, <laughs> it's about 192 people that live in the whole country. That's not a model for 350 million people in America. Right. Just Great unemployed. point. So it's nonsense. Uh, socialism done work, but it works until it doesn't. Meaning <laughs> you can keep spending other people's money till you run out. Right. Once you run out, it's all gone.
1: That's what Margaret Thatcher always said. Right. Socialism's great right. until you run out of other people's money. All right, 10 minutes until 8, final break, then we'll be back. We'll finish it up with Robert Steinbach, uh, law professor at Bowen School of Law. And then, of course, Chris Corbett, who's right here in the studio. And uh, he's here in St. Brought back a bunch of fish from Florida. He's still eating fish, man. He loves fish. (laughs) All right, don't forget about uh, Pat Davis and what he can do for you for health insurance. Now I have to tell you, you got to pay, Pat. All right, uh, the government's not going to come in and pay it for you, but he'll save you thirty to fifty percent on your health insurance. He'll get rid of the copays. He'll reduce the deductibles. You might even get a, uh, a check back from the the the, uh, the uh, hospital or the uh, emergency center that you go see because they do it different. Find out how that difference can uh, you know avail you by calling five zero one six zero five. 6935. 501 605 6935. that's your health plan man that's one word your health plan man dot com i just learned something about chris that i didn't know <laughs> i didn't know you didn't know that. i did not know that you went colorado <laughs> springs that you were at the air force academy oh it's a beautiful place there yeah is. it is a beautiful I'm, I'm going to tell you what the uh, the church they got on camp uh, there on campus at the it's gorgeous Air Force? yeah it is it's gorgeous different
2: levels are different denominations I know they got Jewish synagogue they got yeah you, you know it's cool yeah and it's gorgeous
1: so you were a falcon
2: oh yeah chew seven times and swallow yeah and when you want to march to that door you put your right shoulder on the wall and you get to the door with your right shoulder on the wall
1: that's kind of yeah you had to eat a square meal Did oh you ever see that? yeah okay oh, man. I talk about that. It's not easy to go through the service academies. Now, the first two years are very difficult when you're a plebe, uh, but uh, once you get past that, it gets a little easier because you get to turn your attention to the plebes.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> talk about uh, hazing. Yeah, that, I mean, it's not boot camp.
1: They say not, that they don't haze anymore. Don't you believe it? That's
2: right. They they change your mind. I mean, I, I would I would go back through it, Dave. Uh-huh. I mean, I was a snot nosed punk kid, you know, and well, I cool. thought I knew everything. everybody,
1: everybody's that when they go there. Yeah,
2: yeah, and um, it was a good experience.
1: And I I also found out something else. You were a golfer for the the academy. Oh yeah,
2: man. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. I was the fifth man on the team. I made the cut every time and got to travel. So it, yeah,
1: very cool. Oh man. yeah, it was cool. I'm, <laughs> i got. More, I have a whole lot more respect for you,
2: <laughs> well technically I'm a veteran right yeah, but I don't claim I'm like, yeah, I signed on the dotted line, but there was no combat, there was no they were paying me to be a student, okay, yeah,
1: but uh, when you left the uh, the academy now you didn't go all the way through I did not I did all not. right, you decided it wasn't for you that's
2: right, and you, before you sign you can you can leave up to two years, do you have a stop out year and right after two years you you're committed after that. You drop out or you fail out, you're going, you're going to enlisted.
1: Yeah, and you're going to do six years. That's right.
2: So, But before you get there, it's a, it's a million-dollar education, as they say. Well, shoved up your butt a nickel at a time. Right? <laughs> I, I forget how they say that, but that's what it is. And, and uh, it was a blast. And talking about the cream of the crop, I mean, there was some smart. I thought I was a smart guy. And you get around, you're like, Ooh, someone else student make a comment. Ooh, that guy's kind of smart.
1: <laughs> you know Ed Monk. You've met Ed yeah, to my show. He's an Academy grad. He's uh, from the from West Point. Oh yeah, fantastic. He, he's he's yeah, the he's real got, deal. He's man. got the ring to he's prove it. The real it. deal. Yeah, <laughs> right. On. I get a kick out of when I sit around and talk to him. I, and uh, we talk. You about know what? That what you just brought stuff.
2: up, You want a student loan forgiveness? Join the military. There you go. I said that.
1: Boom. Did I, did I not say this yesterday? Uh, Heidi, for these kids that want to pay off their student loans, they should be able to pay off a certain percentage for every year they serve in the military? There you go. To me, that makes sense. Hey, we We, need some smart folks in the military. We need some people in the military right now. Absolutely. And these wouldn't be dregs. These would be some of the more uh, good people. yeah. Yeah, yeah. As go far ahead. as that's concerned. Of course I think that should be if you want to pay off any student loan. Yeah. Like that that the government is giving think there's you. There's
2: some student loan forgiveness for public service,
1: but what is that? I don't know what public service. But you in the Peace Corps. Yeah, okay. That still exists. Yeah. You know, you could do that. That's a good that'd be good. Yeah. That, you know, something that you're giving back to your country. To the country. There I, you might, go. I might be able to see my way by that. It's All right. A, might. Just yeah. It's a big M, all right, but yeah. might.
2: Well, it's back to socialism. It's good until it runs out. Right? That's
1: exactly right. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. So, what do you think they should do about this? Because all they're going to do, Robert, is drive the cost of education higher. That's something the students complain about all the time. Cost too much to go to school. Well, if you give them a uh, give the schools a uh, a way of getting more money by giving it to the students,
0: <coughs> we've got deans in Arkansas in public schools, in University of Arkansas, that make a quarter of a million dollars. It seems like a lot of money to me to be paying an administrator in the state of Arkansas in a public school.
1: Hey, I, so, know, I know a superintendent in a public school system that makes $300,000. Exactly. That's
0: right. That's right. So, you know, when we talk about uh, um, uh, having the government fund this, Why don't we have the schools be responsible stewards of their money? I've long since discussed admission standards uh, for universities and law schools, and uh, I remember one fellow said something like, well, you know, to achieve uh, greater diversity, uh, we should be taking um, greater risks in terms of who we admit. Here's the thing, we ain't taking any risks at all, because we keep collecting the money. If you want to take a risk and you want to admit someone with credentials that uh, suggest that that person ain't going to graduate or ain't going to pass the bar, then here's the deal you should be offering. Come to law school for free. And if you pass the bar, then you can pass. All
1: right. Appreciate you. I got to let you go. Go have a good day. Same thing to you, Chris. I'm Dave Elswick. Back at you at uh, 9 o'clock. And Stephen Davis from The Travelers. Let's get to it. We're going to move away from politics and uh, things that are happening within uh, our communities, as far as cult, uh, not as far as, as politics are concerned, and we're going to get into culture stuff, important things like baseball. Going to talk baseball today. Stephen uh, is here with us today, voice of the, of course, Travs. He's with us. The uh, the team that is the offshoot of the Seattle Mariners, who right now are one game
3: out of a playoff spot. Well, no, they're in a playoff spot right now.
1: Oh, that's right. It's three,
3: isn't yeah. it? forget about playoffs that. this year. I forgot from that from the past. Again. It's a yes. new permanent deal now.
1: But they had been really kicking butt, and it kind of cooled off. And now the Blue Jays have been on fire. Hey, they just uh, swept uh, Boston at Fenway. uh, And
3: played well in New York against the Yankees. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, that was one of my first questions, so I'll just ask you. What is going on with the Yankees?
3: Somebody else asked me that the other day, and I went, I I don't know. And then I I heard some guys talking this morning. I was listening to a, a national baseball show. And they made a great point. If you're a really good team already, which the Yankees were, and they we're on a record pace, yeah. if you're going to struggle during a baseball season, early and mid-August is the perfect time to struggle. Why is that? It's a slap in the face. It's a wake-up call. You get the ship righted. You get some momentum built in September, and then you're ready for October.
1: Okay. I could go you're not along gonna have.
3: It's a six-month season. It's yeah. 162 games. It's not going to go smoothly the whole time. You need to go through some stuff. That is the perfect time to go through it. Yeah. You're off to a good start. You know you're going to make the playoffs. You've got a big lead in your division. That's still a very dangerous team. That said, they do need to get things corrected. They had a nice game last night in Oakland. But, yeah, the Yankees are – they were trending down for three weeks there. Well, I looked really at down. them
1: and I went, well, nobody. And now i am got to say, now for the, no, the team that is to be beat is the Houston Astros again. Holy cow. Again. Again. And they're not even cheating.
3: Well, at least that we know. (laughs) (laughs) Now, they're loaded up still. I mean, everybody's like, oh, they lost Correa, they've lost Springer. Yeah, but they've replaced these guys, and they've still got other guys. Yeah. And Justin Verlander's... Oh, my Lord. He looks like he's 15 years younger than he really is.
1: He looks like he's 25.
3: Yeah. I mean, seriously, the way he's pitching. He's been sensational, and he's probably the leader for the Cy Young right now. And yet his teammate, Framber Valdez, their lefty, is on a run of 21, I believe it's 21 in a row consecutive quality starts. Six innings or more, three runs or less. Okay. It's the, I think, tied for eighth longest in baseball history. We're talking ever. Anyone. Yeah. You know, they can go back and look at box scores from Koufax and Gibson and all these guys. Those guys only did that once longer than Fromber Valdez has done this year for the Astros.
1: Okay, now, I was talking with uh, my son-in-law. Uh, Last night, we went over to Larry's Pizza, having the pizza parade, and uh, we were talking about uh, Sandy Koufax. Mm -hmm. Sandy Koufax retired early. I mean, what was it, eight years that he played?
3: Yeah, he was like 32, 33 when what, he retired.
1: What was the reason? My son-in-law said he thought it was something about his eyes, is yeah, what he I said. I think it was some
3: kind of injury. I'm not totally certain, but it was, I believe, some kind of physical ailment that he thought would preclude him from pitching at the level he expected well, he himself should. to pitch yeah. at.
1: Yeah, because he's one of the great—I got to see him his whole career. I'm Whenever he was coming to Wrigley, I was going. All right, I was going to watch him. I saw him pitch a no-hitter one day and then I watched uh, Holtzman pitch a no-hitter the next day. It was crazy. Wow,
3: for opposite teams.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I used to we used to go see Dodgers all the time when they come in cuz they've uh, there's certain teams that you're in, you're out, they're going to be competitive always competitive. The Dodgers are one of those teams. What is it about what they do? Their farm club is by far one of the best farm clubs in Major League Baseball. What do they do to make that happen, and why aren't more teams following their lead?
3: Dodgers have more money than anybody else.
1: Is that what it is? They've got... Same way with the Yankees?
3: Well, they might have more than the Yankees even. Really? The Dodgers have more than you can count.
1: Oh, Uh, I didn't realize that. They've
3: got an ownership that uh, I believe it's been about 10, 15 years now since they took over... They said we're going to invest in this club, not just at the major league level. We're going to invest in the farm system. And they went, who does the best job developing a farm system and keeping a team competitive year after year? They went to the opposite corner of the country and looked at Tampa Bay. Andrew Friedman was running the Rays at that point. It was when the Rays went to the World Series yeah. out of nowhere, yeah. and, and Tampa was good every year. People are going, how is Tampa in their thirty million dollar payroll back then competing against the Yankees and the Red Sox yes. and beating them? Yes. Well, it was the way they and were still operating. doing it. Yes. Andrew Friedman's guys that he had trained have taken over in Tampa now. Friedman went to the Dodgers and is running that same operation with about a 20 times larger budget. Okay. And the way they do things, it's, it's incredible. They invest in players, both at the major league level and in the minor leagues, and because their big league team is so good, I mean, so good. They're great. The only way a minor leaguer can crack that team is if you are already ready to play at an above-average major league level, which means the minor league system gets even more stacked and makes things more competitive there. Travelers are actually playing the Dodgers A club right now, Tulsa. And just the talent that Tulsa has, year after year, they bring new guys in as guys leave, and you're going, wow. This guy, where'd he come from? A you know, fourth-round draft pick who struggled in college. Dodgers get a hold of him. He's back to throwing 98, and he's accurate again after some wildness in college. Uh, they get a guy from the Blue Jays in a trade who had some injury issues. He's out there throwing 99 last night. Uh, they have guy after guy after guy coming through that system, so they're always able to replenish, but they're able to go out and sign the Freddie Freemans of the world as well, make a trade because they have so many prospects, and go get Trey Turner. Uh, in deals like that to go get Max Scherzer to supplement what they already have. And they can absorb a loss where Cody Bellinger is the MVP one year and, and is hitting ninth two years later in their lineup, and people are going, he shouldn't even be on the team. Well, they don't necessarily need him because they right. have all these other guys that can fill in as well, but he's so good defensively, he can still be out well, there.
1: Well, look at the people they They're lost, just and they just reloaded. Right. And, I mean, shortstop's perfect example.
3: Right, but two, two ways. One, they have a lot of money, which never hurts okay. in really any part of life. And number two, the way they operate, the the, the system they, they have, and the, the cash flow helps a little bit there, too. But just the way they run their minor league system, the way they operate at the big league level in terms of efficiencies with analytics and also player development and, and the culture they have built there now where the expectations are so, so high, you've got to meet them to be able to be there.
1: All right. So – what has happened in Seattle? Because you know what? Over the last few years, Seattle's become more and more competitive. Are they following some of these same things that they're doing
3: Well, generally speaking, besides the money? I if mean. there was one way to do things in baseball, as with anything, everybody would be doing it that way. Mm-hmm. So you've got to find what works for you, find what you believe in, and what Seattle's had to do. And it's been since Jerry Depoto took over as general manager, now president of baseball operations. And Jerry's been there since 2016. Uh, and you know, other clubs have gone through this. Teams that struggle for not just a, a one rebuilding cycle, like you know, the Astros. I guess the Astros would fall in that category, but the Cubs definitely did. Yeah, and what they were able to do when Theo Epstein took over and get up to a World Series champion. Kansas City did it and won the World Series the year before the Cubs mm-hmm. did teams like that that have had long downturns. Cleveland had a long downturn before the the run in the 1990s with John Hart as the general manager. You've got to have somebody come in at the top, set a culture, and say this is how we're going to do things, this is what we believe in. And the Mariners have based it around pitching. Uh, And it's kind of, for this day and age, you'd call it old school. They base it on starting pitching. They've got a five-man rotation that every guy that takes the ball is going to go out there and give you at least six innings a night and you expect to win the game when that guy pitches. So every night you've got a chance to win. You don't have to have a great offense. You've just got to have an offense That's that right. can score enough. They play enough. small ball. They can play small ball, but really that offense is built around drawing walks and hitting opportune home runs when you've got guys on base. Okay. ball game they won yesterday against Cleveland. The Indians hit a homer in the top of the first. Seattle comes back, gets a three-run homer in the bottom of the first. Nobody scored the rest of the game. Right, Marco Gonzalez shut, shut down, down the Guardians the rest of the way, which is still weird for me to call yeah, it, the Guardians. I, I have to say it in my head every time. Uh, the Guardians, Marco Gonzalez shut them down, got through the sixth inning, and then the bullpen. You've got to have a lockdown bullpen, and Seattle's got six, seven, maybe all eight of the guys in that bullpen that they can come in and trust to get them at least three outs in a key situation every night. Uh, it's, it's you've got to have a big reserve of guys, and it takes a while to build that up. And a big credit to Jerry Depoto and his staff in Seattle. Scott Service, the manager, second year in a row, Mariners are leading Major League Baseball in one-run wins. That's also huge. It's it's building a culture, as I said, and they believe that they're going to win close games. Scott Service will walk around and tell guys that this is what we do here. We win one-run games. They won 33 a season ago. People said it was a fluke. They've won 27 already this year.
1: Yeah, they've got uh, because I sat down and did a little looking at some stuff they've they've got 29 still or uh, 39 still to play yes all right quite a ways to go in the season 19 19 away Mm -hmm. which they're not all they're not burning up their away games no and then 20 games at home i think that they the atlanta games are going to be at home and they should thank god they're going to be at home
3: well and the other thing you know anytime seattle goes on the road it's a long trip their closest That's trip true. is Oakland, which is a really long flight. So anytime they travel, it's arduous. But the other thing they've got going for them is they got – it feels like pressure from the outside, but I think those guys are motivated, and the fan base is with them. They've already had some sellouts this summer. I think Good. That, that push they're going to get from the fans could really carry them with those home games, as you mentioned, 20 home games to go. But it's such a tight race. Every game means something. Scott Service had a great line the other day. Uh, you know, Costco is based in Seattle. Mm-hmm. He said, we're not Costco. We can't go out and b- win games in bulk. If we could, we would, but we can only play one a night. We can mm-hmm. only win one a night. So this is, this is not going to be easy, but we've got to focus on just the one game each night. But there's so many teams in that AL wildcard race still. It, well, there's it's going to go to them. the end. It's going to be fun.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, and this is what baseball is all about, is that if you're in the race at the end of the year, you're watching. Mm-hmm. You want to see what's going on. Six and four in their last ten, uh, but Toronto seven and two, and the Rays are uh, eight and two, or seven and three and eight and two. So there's your there's your differences Keep an right eye there on,
3: on Baltimore and Cleveland and the other teams in the Central who are all fighting there as well. You can't even watch the scoreboards to see like, oh, well, do we want this team to lose? Who who do we want to win this ball game? Just take care of your own business.
1: Well, and for Seattle, it's kind of that way because I was looking. I didn't. I don't think I saw any of the games. Any games with the Rays? Any games with, uh, uh, you know? Well, any of the teams? You know, that it's a, it's with a, them I it's consider Blue it a, 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 somewhat of
3: a false statistic, but you, they take opponent winning percentage the rest of the way. Yeah, the Mariners still have. Well, but they consider the easiest schedule remaining. Their opponent's combined winning percentage is the lowest of Yeah, but
1: everybody wants to be the spoiler.
3: Right, exactly. You know, you never know how a team's going to react. It, you know, who are they playing? Are they, are they playing the real guys? Are they playing guys they've called up from the minors to try to get them some experience? Uh, you never know how that works out for sure, and who's hot, who's not. It's more when you play them than who you play, but it doesn't hurt to not have to play nothing but contenders the rest of the way.
1: Yeah. But I'm just saying, the people that they're really battling, they're not playing. That's what's kind right, of interesting, right. which can make it difficult, because when you're playing the teams you need to play, that's when the wins really count.
3: But it also means the losses can hurt you that much yeah, more. Yeah, that's Flip true side as well. of it, So if you take care of your own business, you're going to be in fine shape, and then see what the other guys do. I'm
1: a I'm a glass-half-full kind of guy. I am, too. You know, I, like, I love to be in this position, especially if – you weren't in the, the race for the playoffs or whatever, you could go out and knew that you could ruin it for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds terrible, but that's part of the game at times.
3: The feeling's not the same,
1: though. Yeah, well, I'm not going to deny. I mean, yeah, you're not going to make it. And then the other team says, yeah, well, you haven't been going to make it since middle of the season.
3: <laughs> right. Yeah, when you spoil somebody else's fun, you give one big fist pump, then you're like, uh, and we're done.
1: Well, I'm kind of interesting because um, in the National League, I'm wondering if the Milwaukee Brewers are going to make it into the playoffs.
3: The Cardinals are so hot right; they now. are hot. The Big Brewers time haven't hot. been bad, but they definitely haven't kept up with the Cardinals, mm-hmm. and they lost, I believe, two series in the last month or so to the Cardinals. St. Louis is playing well. They seem to
1: be getting. I'm telling you, they traded getting closer too soon.
3: The the Brewers. Uh, what path in is probably going to be through the wild card and that third wild card in, in the National League now might be the, their ticket in well, which might get am- amazingly a rematch with the Cardinals in the first round of the playoffs
1: <laughs> what can I tell you alright let me talk about Hillcrest Jewelers and then we'll get back to talking about them. we've got a lot to talk about and I want to talk about the Travs as well because there's some things that as you go and watch the end of the season now with the Travs what's the you know what's the mama club looking for from their players what is it that they're looking for so that when you go you can enjoy the game a little bit more hillcrest uh, designer uh, jewelers uh jewelry wants you to know that eric is ready to service you they're they're everything all right everything jewelry company they uh they do a repair they'll clean your jewelry they'll design your jewelry they'll make your jewelry they can do all of those things and and everything else In between, They've got uh, a lot of stuff under glass and the cases that you can look at and find something nice there. You can go in with some jewelry you got that maybe you inherited and you want to know what it's worth. And Eric will appraise it for you. You can uh, you can do that. I mean, it's just your one stop jeweler. A lot of people don't know this, but Eric does the repair work for most of the big jewelers here in the city. I mean, he is the real deal. He does it all. So uh, stop by and visit with him, 3000 Cavanaugh, Sweet E. Uh, they're open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. And he's got over 40 years of experience and is ready to take care of you. Tillcrest Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, 501-246-3655 is their number. And uh, tell Eric I sent you over to, uh, you know, visit with him. Dave Ellswick Show We've got Stephen Davis here. He is the voice, the voice of God. Yeah, not really during the time that the ball game is 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 going. Well, it is. We all we hang on every word. Wow. When
3: you're calling a game, it's important. I should use more words then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Do they pay you by the word? Uh, no, I might take, take that to them, see what they think of that.
1: <laughs> I, I just wondered about that. Anyway, let's talk about minor league ball. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we can sit here and talk major league, but let's talk minor league. These teams, these players, as we've talked at different times you've been on – The teams are looking for the players to do certain things. They may want them only to throw, if they're a pitcher, maybe 45 pitches in a game instead of 60 or 70. But when you get to this point in the season, and they're not totally out of the running for a postseason berth, but they're very, very, very close. What is the mama club in this case, the Mariners? What are they looking for from these players? What are they wanting them to do?
3: This time of the year, generally, and it hasn't hit the Travs as much this year, but you get a lot of younger guys coming up from the level below. Travs have had a couple, a couple starting pitchers. uh, Perlander Barroa, Bryce Miller are the two names. Uh, They want to see these guys at a higher level. You want to see what they can do against better competition because they've had a really good season at the level below. You want to see if they're ready to make that jump next year. Maybe they can do something else to help you next season at the big league level. We're close enough to the big leagues that you know, yeah. you're know, one call away or at least one hop, skip, and a jump away. For the guys that have been with the Travs now this whole season, it's thinking about next year already. What do they need to do to finish this year strong to set themselves up to be in the position they want to be in next season?
1: Alright, now if you're a player, if you're a player out on the, on the field, what gives you confidence that You're good with the the organization or not so good with the organization?
3: Well, you sit down and talk with your coaches. You sit down and talk with people from the organization. The Mariners are great about this. Beginning of the year, they map out what they call a player plan for every player they have in the organization, and they revisit it after a couple months. And a couple months after that, they'll revisit it again and see if these guys are hitting the targets they have for them both uh, in terms of the statistics the Mariners track uh, things that, that are important to them both offensively and on the pitching side, and what they need to do to try to get to these things, if they need to make a little adjustment with their swing, if they need to throw a certain pitch more, uh, if they need to be looking if they 're a hitter looking for a certain pitch uh, to attack rather than trying to chase everything, mm-hmm. different things that they can do to, that the Mariners have have analyzed and said, this is what you need to do to get better to become the kind of player we think you can be and we want you to be. Uh, and, and they have these plans, and they revisit them throughout the season. And then the, towards the end of the year, they'll sit down with the coaching staff again and see how they've done on it. And then they'll make a plan for the off season for these guys. of Hey, we need you to get stronger, or we need you to get faster, or work on this in your game or, over the, the months where you're not playing for an affiliate. Uh, so they're constantly evaluating, constantly giving these guys feedback of what they need to do to get to where they want to go.
1: All right, 60 seconds left. What's coming up this weekend? and? Everybody should get out. They got some good. They got a good ball team in here.
3: Yeah, great weather. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Fireworks tonight. Seven o five ball game. Ooh. If if you get on our website and donate to the Arkansas Travelers Youth Foundation before five o'clock today, for every five dollars you donate, free general admission ticket to tonight's game. Oh, cool! You donate twenty bucks, four tickets for free. Uh, Go to Trav's.com, community header, click on uh, Arkansas Travelers Youth Foundation. Donate links are right there. Do it by 5 o'clock today. Redeem it at the box office. Uh, And then tomorrow night, Jared Kelnick bobblehead giveaway to the first 1,000 fans. And the Memphis Grizzlies caravan is in. So a lot of fun stuff going on. 7.05 tonight and tomorrow, and then 1.35 on Sunday.
1: All right. Thanks for coming by. Absolutely. Half hour is not long enough. We're going to have to go, after the season, do a one-hour show. Do it
3: again in a few weeks? Yeah, absolutely. Sounds
1: good. All right, thanks so much. We appreciate you. Let's take a break, and then uh, we will talk about movies in the next half hour with uh, Matt Smith on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you. We've got about twenty minutes left here in the show. Uh, Matt Smith should be calling in any moment. We'll talk a little bit about uh, what's happening at the movies this weekend, and then uh, typically as we get out of uh, of summer and into fall, and then into winter, uh, the uh, the movies come out that are going to be uh, for the award shows. You know, the Oscars and things of that nature. We'll find out from Matt here when he gets on with us. Which movies we should be watching for uh, a little later on? I'll let you know. Two weeks ago, no, maybe it was last week. I went and saw uh, the Beast, uh, the new movie with Idris, uh, and uh, it's pretty good. You know, I would give it a high uh, C plus, maybe a B minus. Uh, typical, you know, big bad lion out to eat you kind of movie. And what are you doing to be able to stop it? from uh you know killing you or somebody you love type thing and of course you always have to have a couple of people that become uh the uh, um, you know sacrificial lamb so to speak in the in the story so uh that that's the case uh in the movie uh the beast uh will have you on the edge of your seat a couple of times uh it, it's pretty uh What's the uh, generic in other places? In that you know the story pretty much, uh, whether it be a lion or it be a shark or whatever the animal is. That's that's out hunting you. You know some of the times that they write into the scripts when they're going to show up and 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 what leads to them showing up and things of that nature. And that's what happens uh, as far as uh, the beast is concerned. And then there's a a horror element. To those type of movies, and because of that, there's horror elements in the script, and one of the things that happen in a lot of horror movies is, you know, the, the the characters in the movie do things that are not smart, you know, they do, like, they don't go in the basement. You know, you, you you say that in a horror movie, and they still do. I mean, you got those type of rules in these kind of movies, just like you do in the horror uh, genre and the kind of stuff that Scream uh, made fun of uh, so much longer. But now Scream makes fun of itself uh, because the people in the movie Scream still do dumb things. So anyway, uh, that's... Uh, you know, something to be expected uh, in, in these movies. Uh, one movie that is out uh, this uh, weekend, uh, that's the new one at uh, the theaters, is going to be The Invitation. And this is where a young lady, her her mother dies and so all of her near family have now passed on and she's the only member left and she does a, a dna kind of test and finds out that you know she's got some long uh, lost relatives uh that she knows and uh she can go visit them and check them out and uh she uh she does that she makes uh, gets a hold of them and they are filthy rich they really have some bucks and they invite her uh to come and visit them uh so that uh, you know she can get to know uh, the people uh from uh, her family that she hasn't known in the uh the past so uh something for you to you know for her to consider and they offer her take care of her to to travel to visit them and uh, it's a wedding and she's supposed to show up for it and she does and she gets there and finds out that not everything is as it seems so something for you to to know that it's a it's i i don't think i would call it a horror movie i it's it deals with vampires however and there's a lot of bram stoker in it uh but the key is is that and i'll warn you now it's got a woke kind of philosophy behind it and it's uh, you know getting rid of the patriarchy so to speak men being in charge of everything uh the movie is directed by a woman uh written by a woman so it's got uh, a woman's view of all of this all right other movies that are going to be around uh, let's just go with riverdale 10 right now Uh, another movie that's uh, going to be available uh, to see is one that's called three thousand years of longing uh it sounds kind of like a uh, uh, a chick flick to me. A lonely and bitter British woman discovers an ancient bottle while on a trip to Istanbul unleashes a genie who offers her three wishes filled with apathy. She is unable to come up with one until his stories, the genie's stories, spark in her a desire to be loved. It, uh, starring uh, Tilda Swinton, uh, Idris Alba is in it as well. And it's directed. Uh, this is going to be weird. It's directed by the guy who directed the Mad Max movies. You know, it's directed by George Miller. Runs about 108 minutes long. It's rated R. But that's uh, another one of the movies that uh, is at the theater uh, for this uh, weekend. Other movies that are going to be uh, shown. A memoria is going to show a Scottish orchid farmer visited her ill sister in Bogota, Colombia, befriends a young musician and a French archaeologist in charge of monitoring a century-long construction project to tunnel through the Andes mountain range. Each night, she is bothered by increasingly loud bangs, which prevent her uh, from getting any sleep until this one is in this movie as well uh the director don't ask me how to pronounce their name i don't know I, i'm looking at i could just here's what the here's how you spell the first name a-p-i-c-h-a-t-p-o-n-g take your best shot at it. okay and it's rated right uh p-g uh and um uh, That's kind of a wide open synopsis I just gave you, but uh, it's there at the movie theater for you to watch it. Again, uh, The uh, Invitation is playing, The Beast is playing, uh, Dragon Ball Z is playing, it's at the theater as well. A Love Song is playing. Two childhood sweethearts, now both widowed, share a night by a lake in the mountains. no Big Names starring in the movie. Max Walker Silverman is the director of the film. Sounds kind of like an art house movie. Uh, Super Pets is still at the theater. Got kids, they'll love it. It's a great movie. Uh, if you like mayhem, blood, and black comedy, make sure you go see Brad Pitt in The Bullet Train. In Bullet Train, Brad Pitt stars as Ladybug, Uh, an unlikely assassin, an unlucky assassin as well, determined to do his job peacefully after one too many gigs gone off the rails. Fate, however, may have other plans as Ladybug's latest mission puts him on a collision course with lethal uh, adversaries from around the globe, all with connected yet conflicting objectives on the world's fastest train. It's from the director of Deadpool 2 and John Wick Number 1, David Leach. The end of the line is only the beginning in a wild, nonstop thrill ride through modern-day Japan. And I enjoyed this movie. I saw it. It's good. It's fun. And it's over the top. Brad Pitt, along with Joey King and Aaron Taylor-Johnson, are in this. Sarah Bullock has a, a cameo in it. Robert Ryan has a uh, a, ca- a cameo in it. It's a good movie. You'll you'll enjoy it. If you if you like the Wick movies and uh, that kind of mayhem, you're going to like uh, The Bullet Train. I'll give you the rest of the movies that are playing this weekend in just a moment. Let's get a break in. I need to talk about East End Towing. They're ready to help you if you're on the side of the road. All you got to do is just call them at 501-888-8849. 501 501-888- Eighty-eight forty-nine, And uh, let me also remind you that East End Towing has been telling you uh, all during this summer that as you're traveling down the road, if you see flashing lights, move to the farthest lane away from those flashing lights uh, so that you don't hit somebody. Um, I know there are people going to a funeral later on today. That occurred. Uh, the, the wreck occurred out on four thirty over the river bridge, and uh, a person had broken down. Two other people stopped to help him, and uh, a semi truck hit him and killed some people. And I think killed all three people that were out on the road. And uh, you know, you just got to watch for those flashing lights. Uh, there were flashing lights in this case and uh, they didn't see them somehow so the bottom line is be careful out there uh, 501-888 8849 that's east in towing jumped in there a little too soon because I was excited about telling you that uh, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris is still on the big screen over at Riverdale 10 along where uh, with a movie that I've been told by a lot of people is very very good where the Crawdads Thing, and uh, it's very entertaining and a great movie as well, kind of a whodunit type of film, uh, along with two other movies that have been just sticking around as well. The uh, movie about Elvis is still playing at Riverdale 10. Uh, you can still catch it. And at Riverdale 10, a movie, you if you haven't seen it yet, Definitely see it this weekend, because I don't think it'll be back next weekend. Uh, Get your last shot at seeing Top Gun uh, with Tom Cruise. Good movie. It's a really good movie. You'll enjoy it. And uh, if you like uh, the the aerial scenes from the first one, you're absolutely going to be in love uh, with this second one. Believe it or not, I read an article just the other day that said that they were looking at possibly doing one more Top Gun. I don't know how they will do it. I'm just telling you, I have read that they're thinking about uh, uh, doing it. Movies that are up and coming that you should know about. uh, We've got the classic movie coming up on the 13th of September, and that is The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. That's the last movie of the trilogy from over in the spaghetti western-themed uh, films. It's a great movie, if you've never seen it, with Clint Eastwood uh, back in the day when uh, he was really just launching his film career. This is the movie that really lit his rocket, so to speak. And then from here, he went on to do some great westerns, Outlaw Josie Wales and others. Uh, Hang em High and, and some other different movies. Uh, this stars him along with uh, Lee Van Cleef and Eli Wallach as in the movie as well. And it's cent- centered around the Civil War time. It's a great movie. If you've never seen it, uh, it's one that you have to see. And if you've seen it but you've only seen it on TV, you need to see it on the big screen because there's some Uh, big fight scenes and stuff that you'd like to see in uh, this movie as well. Other uh, movies that uh, you're going to see come up here over the next uh, uh, few weeks, uh, Barbarian is coming. It's an interesting uh, movie. that's going to show up at theaters around uh, the 9th of September. It's about a, a girl who goes to a bed and bath kind of setup shows up and finds out that somebody else is at the same place and she decides to stay there anywhere anyway and uh, some kind of uh, spooky things happen because of of that uh, a movie that i'm interested in seeing is the woman king uh that's going to be coming up towards the end of september this is a historical epic inspired by true events that took place in a kingdom over in uh, uh, Africa, one of the most powerful states of Africa, in fact, in the 18th and 19th centuries. The story follows Na Iska, uh played by Viola Davis, general of the all-female military unit, and uh, has a uh, ambitious recruit and together they fought the french and neighboring tribes who violated their honor enslaved their people and threatened to uh, destroy everything that they lived for it's a movie i think I, that i like uh, there was there was a movie back years ago that was called zulu that i thought was excellent and uh, uh african history interests me as well uh you know the how the uh, the english went over there and and uh and, and caused so many problems with the Boer Wars and all of that it's a very interesting time in history uh, and I think this movie is going to be, I've got a lot of respect for Viola Davis, she's a great actress, so uh, that's one that I want to see when it comes up and comes out to the theaters uh, other movies that are out uh, that, are, that are coming, I'm kind of looking here uh, one for the kids that they're going to like, Lyle Lyle Crocodile, have you seen this one? Heidi, yeah, it looks great. It's about a crocodile, all right? Uh, When the Prem family moves to New York City, their young son, Josh, struggles to adapt to his new school and new friends. All of that changes when he discovers Lyle, a singing crocodile, who loves baths, caviar, and great music, living in the attic of his new home. Uh, The two become fast friends, but when Lyle's existence is threatened by evil neighbor Mr. Grump's The Prims must band together with Lyle's charismatic owner, Hector P. Valenti, to show the world that family can come from the most unexpected places and there's nothing wrong with a big singing crocodile with an even bigger personality. Who plays the crocodile? Javier Bardem. That in and of itself gets my attention. Constance Wu is in it. Winslow Fergley is in it as well. And uh, directed by uh, Josh Gordon and Will Speck. So it's it's a family movie. Don't get enough family movies, I think. And this one I think that you'll find uh, probably entertaining. And your kids will find it entertaining as well. Other movies that Halloween ends is coming up in, on October 14th. I will go see that. Uh, that's the end of the, this trilogy. So I'll, I'll want to see it Black Adam is coming up with uh, uh, The Rock, Johnson, uh, 1021 on that. And then finally is uh, Devotion, that's coming as well. And that's based on the true story of two elite U.S. Navy fighter pilots during the Korean War. And the Korean War doesn't get its due uh, of what our military did during those times. So sounds like one that would be good to go see as Well, So there you got it. You got a lot of different movies to go see if you want to go see some movies this weekend. You got a lot of movies to look forward to that are sitting out there that uh, you might want to take in uh, as as well. Uh, I will be back with you at 6 a.m. on Monday. Power panel is going to be here, and uh, we're all going to talk about whatever the – Uh, big stories were over the weekend and i know i want to spend some time uh, talking about artemis 1 uh, the big uh, launch of uh, the new space program for nasa it'll be going off in the morning on monday uh, at cape kennedy and i'll be looking for uh, for that i guess cape canaveral back to that name again and uh, this is the uh, rocket that's ready to Take us back to the moon, probably in 2024. Uh, this is a uh, initial flight uh, that uh, they'll send the rocket up um, without any astronauts. They're going to fly it around the moon and bring it back to the United States, put it through its paces, make sure everything is working correctly uh, before they do their next next moon launch. And uh, man, this is I get excited about the space program when this stuff happens, and it's going to be interesting to see what. Uh, New technology will be unveiled uh, in the space program, and that will make its way into uh, just normal culture and change things for us uh, as a a society here in the United States. Let's just take Apollo, all right? Apollo brought us uh, TV dinners, all right? It brought us Tang. Don't forget about Tang. You know, you have that. Uh, Velcro. Velcro was developed during the Apollo program. In fact, it was Velcro that was uh, instrumental in setting uh, Apollo One with uh, Ed White and all of them on the capsule uh, and in you know pure oxygen sparked and, and set that fire uh, in their capsule and killed the three astronauts that were in it. Grissom was another one of the folks, but uh, yeah that 's another thing that came out. Lots of technology comes out of the space program. Interested to see what might come out of uh, the Artemis and the Orion capsule that's going to be in. The Orion capsule looks like the Apollo capsule, except it's just bigger inside. Instead of carrying just three astronauts, it can carry as many as six. Uh, in the first trip back to the moon, it'll carry four astronauts. So that's just a little interesting side bit for you to think about over the weekend. All right, eight days until football. We'll have football a week from Saturday. It will be the Hogs at home taking on the Cincinnati Bearcats. That should be a good ball game. I'll be watching it. Hope you will too. But I hope that you'll be watching some news and be ready to talk about it on Monday, 6 a.m. here on The Dave Ellswick Show.